Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, it's always a pleasure when I get to chat to someone on the show with whom I've had some hang time, very specifically some hang time that involves beer and fantastic conversation. It's such a pleasure to welcome to the show someone that I've spoken to probably every week for the last year and someone that I class as a really good friend. And actually, the issue that we're going to challenge is something that we've spoken about in the past already, something that is really, really plaguing so many people in this world of software, in this world of rapid prototyping, where the internet seems like it brings so much opportunity. The issue is, when do you actually know when to launch your product? And that is the issue that we're going to challenge today. And as I said, the chap helping me today is someone that I greatly, greatly admire, and it gives me great, great pleasure to welcome to the show from Slapshot Studio and the Stop Riding the Pine podcast, and actually, podcast professors, Mr. Jamie J. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. I was listing off all the things that you did then. You like do so many different things. I thought I was going to run out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the challenging things. It's uh, shiny object syndrome, I guess. You got to kind of, you know, learn a little bit how, what not to do, what to do, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's a difficult lesson. I think so many people like us really struggle with that. And I'm sure there are people listening now in the gym throwing weights around thinking, ooh, idea. I'm going to register a domain name. It's just what happens, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, no, it's very, very interesting. So, Jamie, before we dig in, Tell the guys listening a little bit about you. What is it you do? Well, thank you very much. Um, basically, what I do is WordPress is pretty much my my sweet spot. I've been I actually started off with an ad agency in two thousand six and seven, and that in in that was my first challenge. I think because it was a real estate focused uh, agency, and in two thousand eight here in the states. The real estate bubble bursts, and within a matter of three months, we lost 72 clients. Uh, they all just cold turkey quit advertising with us. And so that was my first challenge, um, learning how to recover from that. But since then, I kind of had people every once in a while ask, hey, you know, I have some, I need some help with my website, or I need some help with this. And so I ventured to probably 2000, this probably 2010 now, a couple of years had gone by. So I got back into it and I said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start, uh, start my business back up. So I started off on a very small scale and uh, we've grew since then. And now we manage about 74 sites. So yeah, we, we do that. And, and I got into podcasting about a year and a half ago and was lucky enough to meet people like you. And, and just, that's kind of what I'm up to now. I love it. I love it. I love it. And for anyone that doesn't know Jamie, he's like the nicest chap on the planet. Uh, probably him and Colin <laughs> Gray, the nicest guys ever. And uh, service is really, really paramount to everything that Jamie does. And that leads me into the specific issue that we're going to challenge. Because when you put such a focus on relationships and when you put such a focus on everything being fantastic, getting to the point that you can launch your product can become really, really difficult. So talk us through this problem, Jamie. You know, when we, we spoke about what to talk about on the show, why did this topic stand out to you? 
Well, this topic stood out to me because I have tried over the years, and everybody knows how noisy the internet is. <laughs> you have to really, really understand who your audience is and all that kind of stuff when you launch a product. And if there's even going to be a space for your product to thrive in. And so one of my biggest challenges is knowing when, where, and what to do to launch a product effectively. And I've tried a couple times to launch various products and I've had some failures. Um, but the latest launch we had happened to be with the podcast professors and we were built, we built up a program and this is where I think our biggest challenge was, is that we built the program first. You know, we asked some people and got feedback from them, of course, and stuff like that. But I think maybe what my challenge was there was building out a solution before we actually had a customer base. And we, we wanted to do that because we wanted to provide a, a, a nice resource for people to come and learn how to do their podcasting. But what we didn't do and what I think my biggest, uh, I guess you could say failure was, was like I said, identifying that audience and getting the audience ready before coming out with a product. It's a bit of an odd dichotomy that though, because you can sometimes put all of your effort into building something that an audience doesn't want. I agree completely with that, but you can also, by the same token, put so much effort into building something that they think they want, that it just becomes part of the noise. You know, it just becomes another thing that they're asking for. And what I mean by that is that when you look at the great innovators in the world, you know, if you think about the famous Henry Ford quote, if I'd have given people what they wanted, they'd have asked for faster horses. And, what I kind of like about the approach that you took, though, was that, well, let's just let's just get this done because we're pretty confident that it will work. And what made you choose that kind of process? Was it because of the type of product it was? Was it because it was relatively low impact on your time? Or were there, were there any specific reasons that you decided to put the content out there first? Great question, actually. And it was actually very heavy on our time. It took us nearly six months to put together the program. And it was working with three other people. So there was a total of four of us and managing each other's schedules and making sure that we were there and completing all the tasks that we had set up for ourselves was very, very time intensive. So it was, that was, it was definitely not for the case of, of, you know, being time friendly. Uh, but we really thought because so many people had questions about this particular industry that there was going to be plenty enough to go around so that we didn't overstep on on other companies out there that were already doing this in a very successful way. And we just tried to put a little bit of a different twist on there. We have some really, really smart people that we're working with. And so we put together a total of 93 videos and we even went out to people that were already in the industry and we, you know, got them to do videos for us. And, and it was really neat because we had now kind of a sharing uh, type of platform so that everybody could share and tell each other what we're doing and that kind of thing. And we thought that would be really, really good. The challenge that we came across though, was that we did not build up a launch plan effectively. We did it. So don't, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of interest. A lot of people, they like it, but I don't think we kept it third grade simple. I think what we did was it was, it's a little more challenging and that we didn't have a really solid easy workflow in place. And we took it from, I guess, a point of view where this is what we know. So we explained it in the way we know, instead of 
explaining it or really trying to dive into the minds of who our potential prospects or customers would be. And I think that's where our biggest challenge lies. In the words of meatloaf, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never referenced meatloaf before on the show. That's a new one. The, uh, the, the interesting point that you made there was that you know the product and you know the industry, you know the service so, so well. And I often wonder if, you know, as guys in small business and, you know, people listening can, can relate to this. We struggle, really, really, really struggle to articulate what we actually do for people because we don't know where to stop with the detail. Like when we did it with podcast websites, the first version of our collateral and our material was just, this is how fantastic the technicalities are. No one cares. No one cares right. about it. They just want to know what problems can we solve for them? And and I hear you on that one because you can get so focused on one, the miniature, but two, it's kind of like an ego thing. It's almost like, listen, this is how much I know. And I don't necessarily know how to strip it back. What, what have you done to change that in the last few months? And have you done anything to kind of switch that mindset over? We have actually, and thank you for that question, because that's where we've, we understand the power of pivoting. And while that may not be, you know, a super exciting thing, or it's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow thinking that, you know, you kind of dip into your pride a little bit there saying, boy, having the guts to admit, hey, we failed, we delivered the wrong message, we need to pick up the pieces now, pivot to where we can kind of explain this in a different light. We still have the product, we still have the solutions, we still think that that's going to work. However, we need to make it more about the people that want the product, the people that need the product to solve their problem instead of saying, hey, this is what we've done. Look at all this information here. Go to town. And I think uh, what we've done over the past probably month to month and a half is identified that and we've, we're starting to make a, a, a pivot into doing some webinars so we can get some actual feedback. We've been on Blabs. We're getting the questions directly from our prospects, our customers now. That is such a, a valuable way of gathering, gathering feedback as well because very often you find that you overdevelop a solution and certainly whether it's an information product or a technical product or even a service, you kind of over-engineer it. And especially if you don't gather that feedback early on, it's a really dangerous path because you can put hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and months into developing something that is just one degree off to start with, but ends mm -hmm. off thousands of miles off when you actually put it out there. And the idea of the feedback is, is superb. So how do you guys deal in particular with the feedback that comes in? Because everyone's shouting, everyone's saying, I'd love it to be this, I'd love it to be that. And of, of course, to those people, their own requests are very, very important. How do you sort the wheat from the chaff and start to prioritize that? Uh, again, wow, another great question. They, th th I think what we do is we listen to everybody. We take everybody's concerns or questions or objections into consideration, and we deal with those on a case-by-case -case basis on what we think is going to be able to be something that we can pull off and makes it, um, it, 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 making a change to an existing 
uh, solution can be challenging because it depends on how big of a change it is because that could extend the timeline for when we want to finish something. So we do take into consideration all the inquiries, all the questions that we get, but we don't act on every single one of them. Otherwise we would never be able to release a product. We would just, it would just, there would always be a new question coming in. So we, we cut off where we think we can, um, but it's it's one of those things you just kind of got to measure it. And if it's a question we're getting over and over and over again, or there, there's a problem in the solution that is consistently brought up, those are obviously the ones that we want to put priority on. The others where we may get a question here or there, hey, that's a really good idea. That may be in a version, you know, 1.2 or, you know, 2.0 or something to that effect. And that's always something, that's the cool thing about having a product is you can continually improve it and improve it. But at some point you just got to say, we got to, we got to go on this. We got to release it. Which brings me actually to the next question, which is the question of fear. The question of fear, because when you put out the first version of a product, you very often feel like you're not ready. And that's a really scary notion. You know, we, we've, we've both put podcasts out before and there are so many people listening that have done a similar thing, whether it's with a blog or whatever that might be. You put yourself on the line, don't you? What? Oh, what, my gosh. What's that drive? You know, what does it feel like to, to, to make that first push when you open the doors? You know, what, what does that emotionally feel like what does it do to you physically and mentally how do you prepare for that kind of thing uh well the toughest part about that is that we were a group and so the group kind of looked to me to you know get this thing promoted and and you know they were kind of following my lead so i had the pressure of hey is this going to be a good solution for you know, customers, is this going to help them solve a problem? But I had that added pressure of my colleagues, the people I was working with to say, Hey, look, all of your work is, is, has been done for a reason. It's not just, Hey, you worked your behind off and you're never going to get paid or, or benefit from this financially. And while everybody in our little group, we all had the same goal in mind to provide a great service or a great solution to people that needed it. I still had that, oof, you know, I, I, I can't even figure the words. It's just, uh, oh my gosh, I just wanted it to be good for everybody. I just really did. And I felt like that if this doesn't work, I've let my, not only the potential prospects or the customers down, but I've also let my good friends down. And I understand all the hard work that they've put into it. So that was probably my biggest fear. And when the launch wasn't as successful as we wanted it to be, which for me would probably be just about every launch because I always want to be a little bit better than than uh, is expected. It really, really, um, that was probably my biggest fear. I think is is uh, you know taking care of not only the customers but my friends. It's a tough one when you're working in a in a group, and and I always, I always try to stick to the old you know the old kind of maxim which is never work with friends and family but realistically it never works because you're friends for a reason you have the same interests you have the same goals mindsets and very often the ideas are shared and it, it does add an extra layer of pressure there because you you always treat people differently when you're much closer to them don't you and when you when you add that layer of pressure that comes with a new product launch things can get very very difficult for the person that's taking a lot of that weight, which in your case sounds as if it was you, you know, putting the launch out there. So 
how did you manage that personal and business side of the relationships? How how did that kind of work out? Were there any issues and you know, did you have to did you have to change anything in that context? Yes and no. Fortunately, the guys I'm working with, they're really cool. Um and to say the least, very forgiving or very very honest and just, you know, they understand that this is, you know, it's a challenging environment. But I think one of the ways that you can um, nurture these relationships so that there isn't an explosion at some point down the road is definitely have a good line of communication and explain expectations. I think expectations are everything. So you can tell them, hey, this is what you, you know, base this build out on this timeline within the first year we should do so and just letting them know that hey we're not going to make you know all this money overnight it is going to take some change some some time but the other thing to consider is too we you know we may have to uh do something down the road to change things up if this doesn't work so i think if you can go into a project knowing and understanding that there is a potential for change down the road and make sure to clarify that, which I may not have done a a good enough job, but we've, you know, we still all talk and we still work hard and we're still working hard today on it. And I think that bodes well for communication and just setting up your expectations. I think that's probably one of the biggest places, biggest areas that people fail is not setting expectations, whether or not it's with the staff that you're working with or the colleagues or your peers, but also with your customers. Always set that level of expectation so that they're not expecting the world or they're not expecting to go to the stars and maybe they you know, stop off at the moon. That's a fantastic, fantastic notion. It's very, very important to set the expectation but when you're so bogged down or when you're so immersed in this new product cycle and so on you do forget that sometimes it just becomes about getting the next thing done to hit your deadline so that is a really important i think that's a very important way to step back and say well listen guys this is the big picture so that's that's fantastic advice and let's just talk about we talked about um you specifically mentioned the idea that you want everything to be fantastic. You want everything to be the best it can be. And heck, that's why we called the show Excellence Expected. We want to expect excellence from ourselves. But that can be a negative when you're trying to launch a product. So how do you know when the time is right to actually pull that trigger and get something out there into the big wild world? That is the million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think when you have the basics of a product or service, the basic foundation, when you've addressed, say, the top five or 10 questions that you're always getting, when you've addressed those, I think you're ready to go. And again, it's a, when you deliver that product, it's a, all about expectations. So when you're delivering that product, just to get it out there, uh, th- that's a big reason for beta. And you know beta launches, or in your case, beta. <laughs> <laughs> you know the beta launches very well. And I think that's really important. You get a core group of customers or clients that you can count on that will give you feedback so that that way you can launch your product, get it out there, get some traction going, uh, find out where the challenges are, where the holes are in that solution so that you can fix those so that when you do launch it, uh, you you launch it with a lot more confidence because you know you've been down the road, you fixed some errors that you didn't foresee when you were building the product out. So I think uh, launching it, as soon as you can get that basic foundation 
established for a beta or a beta, then <laughs> I think you, 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 you go as soon as you can and let everybody know, hey, we are in a beta test process. There will be some errors down the road. But if you find something, please, that's why you're part of this. Please let us know and we'll be happy to, you know, take a look at it. And we're going to try our best to fix everything that we can so that when we do our full launch, um, you know, we'll be we'll be on track. And I think if you can do that and offer this solution uh, not for free to the beta test, but maybe at a discounted price or give them some extra incentives to participate in the program, I think that would really help uh launch you more effectively you can learn a lot of valuable lessons from running a, a, a beta in your case yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you do you build up a, a series of brand ambassadors and you, you build up a series of advocates who are gonna you know they've got your back but you, you know what you mentioned about the expectations early on i think if you extend that a little further when you're running something like a beta insofar as you have to be a person at the end of it. You have to be approachable. You can't just be a faceless company. You know, to, to, to the people in the podcast website, it's beta. I'm Mark. You can approach me. We can chat about anything you want, whether it's podcast websites or not. And, you know, I think that is so, so important. And do you, do you find that the sense of community around your product, does that stem from that kind of personal relationship that you try and build with your customers? Do you, do you put an emphasis on that relationship side of things? hundred percent. I think it's almost like you got to be friends with your customers. So approach each customer, especially early on. Cause once you get to a certain point, there's just so many customers. It, it's, it's hard to be that person and give that one-on-one -on -one to every single person out there. You know, you put together a, a team or you have, um, you know, people that will be on the phone answering support questions or, or whatever the case may be. It's hard to when you scale, but in the very beginning, I think it's critical that you almost befriend these people in such a way that you can actually talk to them. And you've done, done a great job of that, by the way. Like, I feel like I'm your friend and I'm a customer, you know, and, and it's really nice because you do take that time out. You know, you, you put out, I see their post all the time. Hey, this is what we're doing. What do you think? Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Or, Hey, you know, just keeping things light, I think is very, very, very good. And in then when issues or challenges come in, especially during the early on uh, time when all these changes are happening, people that are contacting you with problems, they may find a challenge and they want to get a solution to it, but they're not going to be mean or ugly or angry. I think they're going to approach it much, much in the way that, hey, Mark is my friend. Hey, buddy, can you help me out with this kind of thing? And I think you've got to take your ego out of that as well. You've got to stop. You know, if you think about the instance, you know, we're having a bad day. Let's assume that, you know, it's a pretty tough day and, and, and we get an email like that saying, hey, man, we've got a little bit of a problem with this. You can't drop onto the defensive. You've got to take your ego out of it. You've got to explain. And I, I always find it very important to put the context around things. So when someone does ask a question, especially in the beta stage, someone asks a question, you've almost got to repeat back the question to them to show that you understand it. You've got to give the reasoning for the answer that you're about to give. And then you've got to give the answer as well. It can't just be a very quick, well, this is just how it is, or yes, fine, we'll fix that. 
you've got to approach every little either support ticket or Facebook comment or personal email as an opportunity to converse. And by doing that, you know, you, we see it on Twitter all the time, people that turn bad situations into real positives. And, you know, the people that were complaining become advocates of that brand because of how they dealt with it. And I do believe that we we have to all be mindful of that with a new product launch because we're, we're going to be tired. You know, we're going to be up late or we're going to be up early and we are going to be tired. And you've got to take all of that out of the equation, haven't you? Oh, definitely. And you have to know when you launch a product, there is going to be a lot. I mean, plan on a year of dealing with stuff like this. And I, and I don't mean to break it down and make it sound so lame like stuff like this, but really, you really have to, again, this is expectation. So you have to understand that when you launch this product, you're going to be the customer service support. You're going to be everything, especially if this is your product. This is going to be you for the next year. Uh, even after it's up and running and it's running smoothly, you, you can't just leave. You can't have other people take over and, you know, go on to the next project. Well, you, you can, in, uh, you know, in little increments as time grows, as time goes on, you'll, you'll be less and less needed for that, but you still need to be, like you said, the face of the business. You still need to be there. In our case, there's four of us. So luckily each one of us can answer different questions and it's still like, Hey, we're, we're talking to the people that actually create created this product, I am comfortable. You can't get any higher than that. So if you don't, if you don't plan on taking care of this for a next year, a next year and a half, whatever, you're probably not in a good position to start to build a product and release it. Yeah, I think you have to do that. We, we found that with podcast websites insofar as we, we are still the people that answer the support. And for a very strict reason, we're not always the people that are completing the support requests. You know, we've got the development team, the design team that deal with that. But very often it's myself and Kieran and then on Facebook and via email, John and Kate as well, that answer the questions. And that that is for a very specific reason. It's so that people know that we're around. And you're right, they can't they can't get any higher than that. And and what I really find is useful with that is that they trust because you are the business owner or the product owner. What you say goes, if you say you will do something for them, that is going to happen. You can't buy the kind of credibility and trust that that buys you. Right. Couldn't agree more. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And it's, it's just great as well. You know, you meet some amazing people. So, I, you know, the silver linings to all of this. And one of the other big silver linings that come from it, I think, is you don't know what processes you need until you figured out what processes you need. So you don't right. want you know, to front load everything and say, all right, we've got checklists about our checklists and this is the process that we go through when something happens only right. to find out that you spent all that time and it's all wrong. So right. you kind of got to get your hands dirty, haven't you really? Oh yeah. You have to be prepared to jump in and no, I would, I would venture to say that any successful entrepreneur at any level has never not gotten their hands dirty. You know, they've, it's something they love. They're passionate about it. So they're going to get into it. And the companies that are, are successful, uber successful are the companies where that CEO or whoever's in charge that started that company is still working in that company. And, and it brings me to one more thing. People, you hear this all the time. I'm working on my company or I'm working in my company. I don't want to work in my company. I want to work on my company. Well, 
I kind of tend to disagree with that. I think that if you're involved in, not involved, but involved in your company, that you have to get your hands dirty no matter where you at, where you're at, especially for that first six, 12, 18 months. If you're not doing that, then whew, yeah, your, your, your launch is not going to go well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So, Jamie, let's shift it up a gear, So We're going to move to the famous Excellence Expected Actionable Tips section of the show. And for people listening out there, stick the dumbbells down. You know, if you're driving, concentrate on driving. Don't get me wrong, but just listen, because these <laughs> are three actionable tips that will help you get your product ready for launch. So, Jamie, let's dive into actionable tip number one, please, sir. Sure. Understand that your project's going to need tweaks and adjustments. Just know that up front. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't be so precious over it that you put it out there and someone says, do you know what? I'm not sure about this. And you say, well, this is how it is. It's my product. And likewise, you know, you'll find bugs and errors that you didn't even think of. And, and that's interesting. Um, with podcast, pro- pro- I can't even speak, Jamie. With podcast <laughs> professors, how did you guys deal with that? Did you have a support system in place? Did you have some kind of formal process or was it, you know, just email me directly? How was that managed? Uh, basically, we we have a private Facebook group for everyone that, that signs up. So we have our regular Facebook page and then we have a, a private Facebook group just for the people that are involved in uh, podcast professors, our, our actual course, the, the podcast PhD, we call it. So our pod class. And uh, so they would actually come to that private Facebook page. That's where they can ask questions and we give them answers. We also provide them with emails. So we do have support tickets as well. Super. I, you know, the, I don't the Facebook groups work so, so well. Oh, fantastic. I love it. If there's any updates, you can let everybody know at once. It gives them access directly to you. Uh, if they have questions, it's, yeah, it's perfect. I love it. They are fantastic. That's amazing. Super stuff. So understand that your project is going to need tweaks and adjustments. Super stuff. And the second actionable tip, good sir? Uh, avoid analysis or paralysis by analysis. So do not wait for your product to be perfect. <laughs> I love that. Analysis, sorry, paralysis by analysis. I don't know what's happening to me, Jamie. I can't say anything. <laughs> it's all right. It's it's Monday here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It's a Monday. I forgot about that. We shouldn't have done this on like a Tuesday or something. But yeah. <laughs> That is such a good point, paralysis by analysis, because you, you can cons- consistently get bogged down by the detail and minutiae, and you, you focus on the things that aren't necessarily important. And we, I mean, you, you produce 93 videos. I, yes. I imagine that that was a big thing to get over for you guys. Oh my gosh, yes. If anybody knows anything about video editing, uh, it's not the length of the video, <laughs> and, you know, a six minute video could turn into two, three, four hours worth of editing, depending on how much you add into it. So, yeah, I love yeah, that. It's, it's, it's difficult to just get over that sometimes and just, you know, get the big broad strokes out and make sure they're perfect, but don't get yep. too bogged down. Super exactly. stuff. And the third and final actionable tip, please. Uh, get feedback from your friends and family actually, I think is really good because they're going to be the most honest with you. A perfect example, my girlfriend, she will tell me, I don't understand. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to me. Or I go to my ma, 72 year old ma, and I say, Hey ma, what do you think of this? If she doesn't understand it, then it's no good. That's a great point, actually. I've never thought about doing that. If I took it to my gran, she'd, um, I showed her a picture on my phone once and she didn't know what it was. She thought it was a portable TV. 
And <laughs> I'm not, yeah, imagine if, we're, if I'd taken podcast websites too. I'd have to explain what a website was, what a podcast was. But that's a really good exercise because we spoke about it earlier in that, mm-hmm. like for us and for, you know, for, for, for anyone that's developing a product, you get bogged down in the tech knowledge because you are so well versed in it. If you can explain it to your gran, if I could have explained what a podcast was and what a website was and why you needed the two and a media host and stats and she got it, you're right. That's a success, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Third grade simple. Third grade simple. For anyone in the UK, I don't know what age third grade is. How old is uh, third, third grade? Third grade, they're, they're probably eight years old. Oh, yeah. So. We, we better make it nice and simple for that then. Yeah, we, we don't get grades over here. We have like key stages and things. So when I talk oh. to you guys in the States and they say, yeah, it's like fourth grade, I'm like, <laughs> elementary elementary school is that do you guys have elementary school well yeah but i don't think it's called that we have primary school up to like age 11 so oh there you go so primary <laughs> <laughs> you know, elementary my dear watson well that's the thing it always makes me think of that is we were going to do a show with ramona you met ramona didn't you at podcast movement with uh ramona and jonathan and a few of the other guys and myself and lev who, who you know we were going to do like an american versus english words and grammar and you know, oh nice <laughs> yeah we might do a blab on that you'll have to jump on that oh that'd yeah be that'd be fantastic <laughs> that'd be amazing so yeah actionable tip number three for launching your product is get fi- uh, feedback from your friends and family now the one thing that i i'd bring to the table on that one is that you've kind of got to be honest with those guys and tell them to be honest with you because my wife instantly would say yeah that's amazing before i'd even shown it to her so is that something you guys struggled with did you know did you have to really get across them listen I need you to be brutal with me. Uh, well, we would say that, but I, I pretty much don't have to worry about that. I know that both my girlfriend and my mom are going to be pretty honest with me. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. They, you know, they will not have any qualms about telling me that. If they, if they do find it's easy and they like it, then they'll tell me. Um, so I, I, I am blessed there that uh, we do have some pretty brutal honesty at times where it may hurt the the pride a little bit may ding it, but you know, it's worth hearing. Yeah. It's for the right reasons, isn't it? That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So excellent stuff, Jamie. That's amazing. That has been such a good chat. I've really enjoyed that. It's always good to chat to someone that, uh, that is a friend as well as a superb entrepreneur and business person. So thanks for doing that. And before we wrap it, where's the best place to connect with you online, sir? Uh, fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah. You could go to, uh, podcastprofessors.com at, uh, you can see what we have going on there. And check out all the funny digital artwork that we had done there. It's pretty funny uh, with uh, myself, Mark, Lidge, and Chris. And uh, you can also go to slapshotstudio.com and uh, doneforyouwp.com. Perfect. Check it out. And also, whilst you're in the mood for podcasting, as we wrap this one up, by the time Excellence Expected fades out into the background on your car journey, Search for Stop Riding the Pine. That's Jamie's podcast. You'll enjoy it. It features some fantastic guests. So check it out, guys. It's amazing. Jamie, thank you once again, sir. Thank you so much, Mark. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And guys, don't forget, if you've missed anything, if you want any of the links, any of the tips, anything at all, or even some of the fantastic quotes that Jamie has put out there during this episode, you'll get those over at excellence-expected.com. And whilst you're over there, there are a suite of small business materials and a world of small business content. So set aside a little time, grab a brew and dig in. And until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. Bye-bye.